Load out into this, please. This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. We all remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Demolition Man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Latest Movie Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata. I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the gypsy-loving, gypsum-salt-loving, walking-up-and-down-loving, McLovin, tenderized, machine-making man, Mr. Justin Wendell. What's going on, sir? Oh, man. Nothing much. Went to um, Cold Stone Creamery today. I've got a story about that place. Got the Peeps ice cream today. This Peep isn't modeled after. <laughs> They have a Peeps flavored. I had to try it, but they also what kind of all kind of got my attention. I almost switched gears. They had a Lucky Charms flavored ice cream there, but I, I stuck with Peeps. That's it. That's the that's the illest. <laughs> it was it was uh, vomit green. I'd so do they do they actually smash uh, little Peeps into the ice cream? They don't. I didn't get anything smashed into it, but that's their kind of, uh, that's their, their big uh, ice their cream MO. model, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's their whole thing. Why would you I go there it. and not... I just wanted to get the full blast of Peeps flavor, and I, I got to tell you, it's it's very subtle. It didn't taste a lot like Peeps. It was a little thank, disappointed. Thank you for quoting the Brown Bunny in this episode. <laughs> it didn't have the grit that Peeps has when you eat them. Uh, they have, they have. You what's, know what I'm saying? What's the over under on how many Peeps you can eat before getting sick to your stomach? I usually, if I'm going to eat a Peep, I usually stick to one only, and you know, then I just, I don't really go. I just have one Peep. What about you? You don't eat them? No, I, I think they're lovely, but they're they're unearthly. You know, I like to have the, the feeling that there may be one natural ingredient in something that I eat. They have. Um, I recently had a coffee flavored peep, and um, it that was okay. Like the worst thing I've heard. This it was week. okay. It was okay. I had one. Like I said, I always just I keep it to one. Not sure I could go for two. I know a lot of people hate them. I'm not amongst those numbers. No, no. See, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's true. I know that people hate circus peanuts and candy corn, but I know they. Hate I don't hate. Peanuts. I don't even hate circus peanuts. I, I, I'll throw one of those. I haven't had those in years, but I kind of thought those. The, the thing about circus peanuts and Peeps, they're more fun to eat than they are flavorful. You know, they're just kind of fun to I chew th- on. I think all three of these guys are all about texture. What's the third one? Candy corn. Candy corn's fun to eat as well. You, do, you eat it in thirds, right? Of course I do. Yeah, okay, I, just make it I, sure. it, just I segment make it, sure. it. What about you? So what do you have a story about Cold Stone Creamery? So no, it's kind of funny. Um, when we moved to our new house, we were kind of getting to know the lay of the land. And my old car, the GPS had not been updated. You know, you have to use a DVD at that point to update the the, 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 the maps. 
And I knew that I had seen a Cold Stone Creamery in my adventures. I forgot exactly where it was. So when we were at the house, I, I put in Cold Stone Creamery and it took us to a graveyard. I think you which, may have told me this before. Yeah, which I mean, it, it featured the cold stone part, but there was very little cream. So I thought it was kind of it was it was like my car has a sense of humor. It's like it it, it mm. took the cold stone to heart, but that's about it. That'd be rough if every time you plugged in a an address, it took you to a cemetery trying so, to tell you something. But I'm stubborn, so I smashed Carl Johnson and Abraham Lionelst together <laughs> and ate the daylights out of them. <laughs> you put a little little peep on their uh, headstones. To, uh, in remembrance yeah um anyway so what about you what's going on how's your how's your day getting ready uh getting ready to get back in a plane you know gonna check out my daughter's college tomorrow morning and then piss off into the sky and uh where are you going where are you headed uh i'll be going to atlanta and then new orleans oh so you're coming back home and then skipping off to new orleans yeah oh, how long are you gonna be how long to be home for very short very short period so of time. You, we can hang out right we can hang no. out but I'll be Get back. On, I'll be back Get on together. Thursday, and I'll uh, I'll I'll be covered in beads. Oh wow! Are you gonna Are you gonna gamble in New Orleans? Because there are there are some there are some uh, casinos there. There are, but not this time. Now I'll be working. What about you? Anything cool? Nothing. I watched Severance. Like I don't know if you watched that show. I, I I did not like it. I watched the first episode, and I I appreciated that they were trying to do something different. It's just not the kind mm-hmm. of thing I want to watch. I was uh, really into that show, and it kept getting better and better. I think the finale is, was pretty great, so I was pretty happy with that one. Is it a one and done, or is it a multi-season? No, they, they renewed it. It'll be back for you to ignore again. Does it get um, any? Does it get any less it gets, depressing? It gets, it gets better and better every episode. It's more of a. I thought it was going to be more of a comedy show. It's actually more of like a conspiracy show. I yeah, know. no, it just felt like it. It made me. First of all, I don't want. I don't want to have to pay too much attention to something like that because mm-hmm. I, I like i like sure. the people in it but i don't love them mm-hmm. and it just looked it made me it made me just sad yeah there's some misery there i think it, you know on the very surface level it talks about your work life you know being in an office and i started watching the last kingdom i don't know if it, you probably didn't want to ask me a question to hear what i'm watching on tv but uh, i love the last kingdom as well on netflix and i watched moon Knight. i think it's the second episode yeah. Heard it's good. Heard it's good. I haven't watched it yet. It's all right. I'm 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 not sure how I feel about it quite yet. What do you think of that costume he wears? You like Which it? One? Which one? What, is there more than one? I just yeah, saw the white one. He has two white ones. He has the, the KFC Colonel Sanders one that they call it, and then they have the Moon Knight one. Are you joking? What's this KFC Colonel no, Sanders No, I'm sure you've seen pictures of it. He's like, it really, it's like in a slick white suit with a, with a, just a mask. He's not, oh, he's, yeah, yeah. I've seen people cosplaying it or something. I don't think I've seen it from the show. That's the other one that he wears. But it's, it's, I, I, don't like the, I don't like the CGI suit. I mean, it looks good It looks good standing still, but I don't know how mm-hmm. much I want to watch a completely CGI suit. I got my fix with Green Lantern. Fair enough. Yeah, I have to catch up with it. Let me say one more thing because I was, sure. in, I was working in Orlando this week, mm-hmm. and I drove past something. I, I drive past every time I'm in Orlando, and it blows my mind. And I had, you know. So there's a theme park called the Holy Land in Orlando, and it's a religious, oh, okay. religious theme park. It's out of business. Does that make you happy? It makes me happy because I think, first of all, they um, I know that they found loopholes the way that they operated their business model there. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like you should have to play by the rules if it's a theme park. I don't care what. 
the government says about how you're protected or how you're different than normal. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. And it went out of business right at the beginning of COVID. So it's not even blaming COVID because it was March mm. of 2020 when it died. It was just nice to see. So what is it called again? The Holy Land. The Holy Land, and it's a it's an amusement park. So roller coasters, all that, all that fanfare, all that stuff. To an extent, I mean, there was it was. You, more, you're not you had not been there. You didn't take. You didn't actually. I know. Uh, I have a, I have a frequent visitors card, but I yeah. haven't been I've been there in a while. Yeah. So it's like the it's like a Six Flags. No, sort of. I don't. I don't. No, I think I don't think they had like like a scream machine or you know. They didn't have any roller coasters that were like crazy. I don't think so. I don't think they had uh, like a flying Dutchman that was an arc or like a parachute mm-hmm. ride or anything like that. But, you know, taking that story to the next level and getting away from there is, you know, that there was a horrible accident last week where a young man fell out of a yeah, ride. My hotel was right next to that ride. So there was like there was an investigation being done there as I flitted about town. So I was. You're, I guess, were you there when that, that accident happened? No, I was, was there. Like, ago, right? no, I was. It was. Last it was last week, I think. When I was growing up there, I, I was born in Pennsylvania, and I I, I lived there. There's an amusement park there called Kennywood. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, I'm sure my son has, but no, I haven't. And um, I don't know if it's still around. Uh, but Kennywood had one of the rides there was a gigantic Noah's Ark. It wasn't even a ride. You would walk through it and see, like you know, it was like a big ark. And it was kind of terrifying. I remember it was very dark in there and they'd have these like displays of the different animals, like snakes and inspired, you know, like it was like kind of a creepy Noah's Ark, if I remember it correctly. But that's kind of the only thing I remember from Kennywood. Well, you look it up. When you were walking around there, did you happen to see someone a little bit right around your age with a giant scarf taking notes? Maybe we're we're in two scarves taking notes walking around back in your youth. Aronofsky. I did see Aronofsky. He was, was 13 years young when I was, I don't know. Kennywood, I wonder if it still exists. I, I, I'm not sure. Remember that, what's that a part, that amusement park movie that came out a couple of years ago that was pretty good with Jesse Eisenberg and Chris Adven- Stewart? That was Adventureland. Yeah. Now, I don't know if Adventureland is based on Kennywood. I can't remember, but it's based on, I have to look, I have to zoom in on that. I can't believe there's one for each of the islands in the stream performers. <laughs> mm, Kennywood and Dollywood, you're right. It's amazing. It's a super zoom. So, guys, it's a movie microscope. It's a show where we zoom in. We shovel food while sparing ourselves for the asteroid. We take aim like a boss. We die upside down. We twinkle idly in the moonlight pool. We create life. We get shot before the hunt. We save up our allowance before the holy wave. Put in our ears, not our ass. Watch a movie through destructed, superimposed, sinister eyes, glancing casually as the Molecules break off in the dust forms, determining what makes or breaks, and sharing with the likes of you, the listeners. So if we were talking about prosignation, hmm. we, we talk about the scene where Christina Ricci gets so high she dates Jason Biggs. We talk about the little moments. And there are yeah. a ton in today's film, The Magnificent you, Epic Demolition Man. You know, I love a Jason Biggs mention on the show. What's my man up to? How's this COVID, you think? That'd be funny if they, uh, they're sorting through the, the wreckage on Yavin and they find a hockey mask. That's a great joke. <laughs> he still works, Jason Biggs? I don't know. I'm sure he does. He seems like is the he, kind of he's guy got, he's got to have a podcast. There's no way. That's he what I was gonna say. Yeah, he had to pivot the podcast for sure. Yeah, 100. 
Is he? Ha- he's kind of guy that probably has a podcast with his wife, right? I'm yeah. not sure who his wife is. Okay, so that, I think I think you're right. Actually, I think this all we're talking from memory, not making it up as we go. I think you're 100 right. I mean, he just sounds like yeah, it definitely sounds like he sounds like the kind of guy that wants to keep reminding you that he has a wife. Maybe he doesn't have a podcast. Like bravo, man. If he doesn't, Jason Momoa shuts down Kate Beckinsale dating rumors. When I when I I googled if Jason Biggs has a podcast. That's what came up. They they want me to know about Momoa, not not Biggs. Well, one's relevant. One is a nightmare. I will say this up front: Bob Gunton is in this movie. Nick Bob, my, my boy. Bob Gunton walks to those who still breathe. Breathe air. Who all who breathe air in this world, let them know that Bob Gunton not only walks the earth. He still acts his ass off. On I, have no, I have no doubts. Why do you? Why would you even guess? I thought he might have been retired. I just hadn't thought about him for a while. My man is still out there. He has a Twitter account. No, unverified, Nick. But it's him. He's got a. He's got like a little over a thousand followers, I believe, and he's about to have two more, <laughs> maybe three. Oh, yeah. Microscope might have to follow him as well. I, okay, I thought you meant our listeners were all going to click. <laughs> I'm going to go check this out because this is worth it. Shawshank Redemption's warden. Yeah, of course. Of course. Playing kind of the similar, a similar role here, kind of a hateable authority figure, but not 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 quite as bad. Not Not, quite as bad. Oh my God. Bob Gutton is, is uh, political on here. Yeah. He's, he's, um, he's hating Trump. A good, a big mark for me. I like that. He's, uh, you know, pro Ukraine. I just, I just did a couple of skips through his uh, Twitter uh, posts. Vietnam, Active on Twitter. Vietnam Active. vet. Vietnam vet. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to ask you something. Yeah. And this might piss you off. I don't know. If you were involved in the Korean War, World War II, Vietnam, Grenada, mm-hmm. whatever, do you have to wear a hat in public? Is it required? Do you have to wear a hat like a ball cap? Yeah. That, oh, that says that you were part of the military. Yeah. Like no, like a veteran of that war. Yeah. My dad is a, a Vietnam vet. He does not wear a hat. Okay, but no, no, no not as many people are proud about. Asked that. and answered, Nick. Not as many people are proud about that one. I think. So you're saying they're proud about the Korean War War? No, I, I just I I don't know how to react. You know, because mm-hmm. you see a, an older gentleman, like a really older gentleman, and he's got one of those World War II hats, one of those Korea hats, and it's, I don't know if it's if that's an invitation. I think it is. I think that people wear those hats to kind of, you know, not only signal that they were there, but then it kind of, you know, I th- I've seen people before go, hey, I was there, you know, I was, in the, you know, that's, they kind of strike up a conversation that way. Okay. I mean, I would feel very uncomfortable doing that to a stranger, but I, but I would not feel uncomfortable if we were in an arcade and Akari Warriors had an empty spot and I needed somebody to snuggle up next to me and I'll throw that quarter in for him. Say, yeah, let's, let's play, let's play Akari Warriors together, you know? Right. Or, Contra. Let's let's team up. I mean, you obviously, mm, and you're thinking that they would be pretty good at, at these arcade games because of their military experience. That's the that's what I'm, at. I'm yeah, asking you. Yeah. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, I don't like just picking Joe Random off the street to play a video game. Mm-hmm. With. You know, I want somebody who's got the blue check mark. If you know what I mean. Unlike Bob Gunton on Twitter, <laughs> not, not verified. And you know, Twitter. Goddamn you. You know, like it's time. I think it's time. Can I? Can I? Um, Vouch for him. This is the real guy. Can I can I send a a plea, a cry to Twitter and say, let's do this? As someone with a blue check mark, I I will th- gladly say, get the fuck out. You ain't, you ain't belong. They wait, so what? Why? How did did you have to actually ask for that, or did they just verify you one day? What was the process like? Um, there was so, somebody approached me about it, and then I went ahead and filled out the uh, thing for it. 
It's like a form. And then I was instantly hacked. No joke. Like that, like almost instantaneously hacked after that. And somebody threatened to. Were people uh, impersonating you? Is that why you had to put the, I need to get this check mark stat. I, I don't, I got to differentiate myself from the imposters. No, I just knew that I better hurry. Time was mm-hmm. time short in this life, you know. That was right before right, Grizzly right, Park right, came out. I know this is gonna be hard to believe. I am not. I do not have a blue check mark on Twitter. <laughs> I know it's hard to. I don't have that yet. I guess it's probably because I didn't fill out the form. Well, it's it's so strange because a guy showed up at my house named Checkmark, and I blew him. That's how you get the verification. So, well, hey, man. Yeah, some people have shed their blue check marks. They don't want it. They don't want to be verified. And who would that? They be? don't want that label, you know. So maybe you can unverify yourself if you're cool enough. You <laughs> who, know, who's, if you're, who's physically done that? I just, I think people have done that. I, I maybe I'm making it up, but I think it's true. I follow Sarah Polly on Twitter, and she's not verified. I don't think maybe she did it. She just um, had, she just hadn't done enough good work yet. It's not true. Sarah Polly is a legend. Yeah, agree with me, please. Very. Uh, speaking of political, she's like Bob Gutton on, on here. She's very political. Sometimes I, I crack jokes, but that was dead serious. Oh my god, you didn't you didn't like take this waltz or whatever that her movie is called? I think she has a, a new movie coming out soon. By the way, just just a little aside. Let's we could talk about Demolition Man. It's it's okay. We can get there. What year? Nineteen ninety three. I was still in college, Nick. Where were you? I was in the workforce. Nailing. What are you it. doing? It's waiting tables. Demolition Man, nineteen ninety three. I believe I did see this one in the theater, and on a previous show, I mistakenly assumed that Dweezil Zappa was in this movie. He is not. He was in Total Recall, and I assumed Mick Fleetwood was in this, and he was. And he's in Total Recall, right? Yeah. Like we kind of mixed Total Recall in with this. Yeah. Like maybe not in like a Cold Stone Creamery. We'll put the mixins in the ice cream. We did that to Demolition Man. Yeah, but if somebody's walking around the corner carrying. Demolition Man, another dude's coming around the other corner carrying Total Recall, and they smash into each other. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Will Arnett's telling a different commercial. What do you mean? He's the racist. Oh, yeah, he's you're the right. You're right. He's yeah. the racist guy, yeah. Yep. Not to be confused with the one that was in Outbreak. It was it was released in 93, but it takes place at the beginning in 96. Yeah, it's set, set a little bit in the future, and then it's set way in the future. But if you really think about it, that's only <laughs> 10 years from now. It's so scary. I think it's like set in 2032, right? Yeah. For the most part. So what's and the, you know what? The scariest thing to me, and this terrified me, Nick, they didn't mention podcasts once in 2032. They are gone. You know is, what I'm saying? And you said that's scary? Terrified me. Terrified me. I was like, what? No podcasts? This, the, the, what's the guy that clears out everything? Remember, he, what's his name in this? Nigel Hawthorne's character? I, I don't remember. Cocteau? Yeah, Cocteau. He cleans, he cleans up the world. I guess he struck podcasts from society as well. Oof. Heavy I mean, the re- he got a heavy hand. I mean, the reality is we'll probably have done all the movies by 2032. So I'm not worried. Thank you. I'm not worried. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe people will be bootlegging our podcast to listen to. It's illegal to have podcasts, but they can't be stopped. They got to listen to the coolest podcast of all time, the most informative, the one that zoomed in the most, us. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So let's uh, let's hear the premise of this little guy. Demolition Man? Yeah. You do it. You're better at summarizing films than I am. Not really, but I'll just say this. Let's tag team it. No, I don't believe in that. I think that's a bunch of shit. All right, fair enough. <laughs> no, here's the truth, man. 
uh, crime is rampant in 1996. You know, Los Angeles mm-hmm. is a powder keg waiting to blow. And uh, the tip of the spear when it comes to the aggression against the innocents is Mr. Simon Phoenix. And lo and behold, one of the themes of this movie is that it takes a maniac to catch a maniac. So controversial police force uh, action hero, Mr. John Spartan, played by Mr. Sylvester Stallone, is sent in there to apprehend this fiend. And uh, by golly, they have a skirmish. Hell breaks loose. But because a busload of individuals is not accounted for, Spartan is blamed for allowing them to die. And lo and behold, two different folks are sent into cryo-freeze, only to be awakened in the near-distant future to combat each other once again in a future neither can understand. Yeah, it's a good. that's a good summary. What I think you failed to mention that the bad guy here, Simon Phoenix, is, is Wesley Snipes. Who you said in a previous episode deserved an, an award for his performance in this. I think I might you, have might, been wrong. you might. I res- might have been wrong. You might rescind that. I'm thinking a little bit. He's still super fun in this. He is. He's having a blast. Obviously, it's um, Stallone is way better. But so is Stallone. Like, and so is Bullock. I mean, everybody's kind of good in this movie. Surprisingly, they certainly know their roles. You know, and I, I think Bullock was brought in because Lori Petty. Yeah. Left. I think that the trivia says that's a huge win. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I like Lori Petty, and she certainly turned in a good performance in Station Eleven recently. But I think she was always kind of known as maybe someone that was—I don't. Was she known as someone that was hard to work with? I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up. Um, this is not the only film that she was had issues on, if I'm not mistaken. That's what I was thinking, but I guess I really don't know. But anyway, Bullock certainly kind of seized this role. She's great in this. Super funny. She's such a bright, energetic presence in this and it's funny so is benjamin bratt i forgot how energetic and perky he was in this thing Mm -hmm. i thought he got killed in this but nope and so is rob schneider i mean he's highlight in this no i'm just kidding i wish i somehow him and uh stallone stuck must have stuck up a struck up a friendship yeah in the 90s mistake on stallone's part I'd say he, he's he's used very sparingly in this, which is nice. He's used um, more than I thought. I thought it was a glorified cameo, but nope. He's actually got like four or five scenes. In was it. this this is after Judge Dredd? It was right? before Judge Dredd. This is before Judge Dredd. Yeah. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Because this wasn't a hit, surprisingly. Should have This been. one wasn't? No, I think it, it cost like 50 something and made like 50 something. But, it, you know, they had. You're right. Had, they had video games for it. They I had a 3D. The 3DO game in particular was wonderful for this. Yeah, um, Judge Dredd uh, is it was in '95. You're right. So uh, I also saw that in the theater. And honestly, another movie I think is unfairly hated. I, I there really? is. I mean, it's not it's not uh, respectful towards the source material, but mm-hmm. for what it is, there's quite a bit of stuff I, I dig in it. It feels similar to this in some respects. Like some of the sci-fi stuff feels similar to me. Is that right? Like kind well, of silvery and. I think Joel. Some corporate. No, corporate, like, there's some corporate baddies in that one, too. I think it's because Stallone, uh, you can't do hard sci-fi, I think, with him, or, or I think you have to tone it down a little bit for his crowd, maybe. I mean, obviously, Schwarzenegger was born into science fiction, so I think he was able to get away with a little bit more. But right. there's something charming about this. This movie is a, very charming, and I think Judge Dredd has its its moments, too. Schwarzenegger mentioned in this movie. Of course. Well, that was when they were doing their tit-for-tat thing. And then Rambo has mentioned this as well. It is, yeah. It. It's very disrespectful. Uh, um, all right, so he, he is. Um, that character is. Yeah, Stallone, after kind of a fuck-up, it seems, that, that it costs these hostages their lives, he's put in, like you said, he's put in cryo-sleep for 70 years. He's, he's, he's imprisoned. But what later happens is Wesley Snipes, who's also imprisoned, escapes in the future, escapes, I guess, the freezer when he's having a parole hearing. <laughs> 
which is crazy. They uh, unfreeze Stallone, who is his original captor. They unfreeze him to kind of set him back on the trail. But not until um, it's like 35 minutes into the movie, which is... There's actually some very clever writing in this thing. Um, very... Like you talk about a show devoted to little moments. This movie, the little moments are the only reason to watch this movie. The action is irrelevant in this. And it's actually bad. A lot of it's really bad. It, as it turns out, there is a conspiracy to um, get rid of these underground resistance folks led by Dennis Leary, really stretching his acting a hell of a lot in this. And and Nigel Hawthorne's character, because he's eliminated violence for the most part from society, he has to use Simon Phoenix as his engine. So he basically gives him an upgrade and sends him out into the populace. And then, of course, they have to get Spartan resurrected as well because there's nothing to deal with him out there. But yeah, they- Nigel Hawthorne's character is like the architect of, of this clean society. You're right. He's threatened by these rebels that live underground and that this is this is how he's going to uh, clean up the streets is to sick someone because there's no more violence like the, there's no more murders. This doesn't exist anymore. So he needs somebody that will go old school and uh, kill Dennis. Dennis Leary. That's that's his big target here. Edgar, and I think they, Edgar Friendly. Edgar Friendly. And they um you kind of were ripping the Agus out. They rewrote that role once Leary signed on to let him do his classic Leary rants. Yeah. And there's a, there's one rant in particular that he must have written himself, I imagine. And there was a time when that really worked. I mean, that was his heyday. Mm-hmm. Uh the role was originally written for Lori Petty, as it turns out. <laughs> there's a few things before this, before the, the whole unthawing that I have that I that I either I didn't remember or mm-hmm. um, had to had to make a note of. First of all, did you do you remember when he? Uh, there's a scene where he's jumping out of a heli- Stallone is jumping out of a yeah, helicopter. bungees out of a helicopter and, and what bungees. Is, and what does he scream as he's jumping down? What does he scream? Phoenix. Of course, yeah. He screams. There's his- a couple of shots of this of Stallone running away from explosions that are hilarious. Like his, his face is, you know, he's got the classic. There's a lot of greatest hits Stallone stuff in this movie. Yeah. Classic cocked lipped. There's a lethal weapon three connection later in the movie, but it's so funny. The guy who played the captain in that actually name drops. I, I don't remember anybody calling him demolition man at all, but it, they name drop demolition man in the opening scene. And then of course they, they once again mention it or several times mention it later on. Yeah. So the, uh, demolition man, I had always assumed it was that that's referencing Snipes' character or something, right? Like, because he, he's the guy that's like, at least at the beginning, he he blows up that gigantic building, and it, it's actually a great explosion. I think I really thought that was a kind of a cool explosion, but it is it, it that's Stallone's nickname, and I think it's because he is like you said, he's known he's an unorthodox unorthodox cop, but he also is known to just create like havoc when he apprehends, tries to apprehend somebody or enters the scene. So they, things get, his nickname. things get demolished. Right. Yeah. 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 I also was, it, the, the credits are uncomfortable as crap. The credits are weird. Yeah. Like super, I have the, like they're insane credits, but I can't remember why I wrote that. Is so it because the, he, the way the lettering and the, no, the lettering, no, and the, names the lettering out? is boring, but the whole, the thing is it is just superimposed over endless shots of the naked Stallone in cryogenic. That's what, slumber. that's why I wrote it. That's it's, what I wrote. It's it. so yeah. weird. It's like I don't know if they're trying to if they're showing off. They must his have spent a lot of money on. Yeah, they must have because because he gets frozen. Like it's kind of like a Han Solo and Carbonite thing, except if the Carbonite was clear. I have, and then if I, they made Han Solo strip naked. Yeah, <laughs> listen. But Stallone is in this weird kind of crouched position, and they keep just showing this uh, well muscled, you know, naked Stallone figurine, like encased in like. I don't know. I guess what do you, what would you say? Is it a case in glass? 
I guess it's like, I mean, um, the, you mean the proper what they're trying to tell you it is what because it's cryogenic, yeah, yeah, goo, it's like, but mm-hmm. I have eaten a turkey burger underneath that, by the way. Yeah, we talked about this year, it's it was it was it's hanging at, in a planet Hollywood somewhere, yeah, right? Yeah. Or I'm maybe sure they, it's in multiple ones, I believe, yeah. And he's naked, like that's another thing. There's a couple shots of um in this movie of of uh frozen suspended penises, like I think. You know, I, they, I, I don't. They're, I, they're you know, anatomically correct. Now, I'm not saying that they got Stallones in there, but the other prisoners, they're hanging hog. I didn't you know. What I didn't I'm saying? Notice. I was, but the, the one, I zoomed in. I zoomed one, in. The one of Planet Hollywood has its materials covered. Protect. He's not wearing a loincloth, is he? It's it's it's, a, it's a, some sort of a shame, you know, a shame burlap. Maybe it's like a carefully placed to go bag from Planet Hollywood over his nether regions, or maybe a maybe a, a QR code. If you scan his nuts, you get a treat. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, there's like the what I love about this. So when they when they're freezing Stallone and he is upset, like he doesn't want to be frozen and he's like kind of bummed out and scared. There's a shot of a just a frozen just in the background or the forefront, but you know not really commented on of a frozen uh, Wesley Snipes. Yep. So they also they also made a um, frozen Simon Phoenix figure that gets a lot less play. Yes. In this movie. He's, is he but naked it, as well? I don't think he is. Of course, it's a requirement yeah. in this process. You got to be naked. Yeah, I mean they're showing more butt than crotch for sure. I, I will say that, but that crotch is not implied. They they do show it. Go go back and watch. It's a pretty huge zoom. That's it. It's a huge one. Mm-hmm. Proud of you. Um, yeah. So thank you. We we, we we wake up in the future, right? We we are introduced mm-hmm. to what is it called San San Angeles or whatever it's called. The the new the new. It's called. It might be called San San. Angeles. I wrote it down somewhere. Hold on. But they, yeah, they mix, they mix two things together. It's just like multiple things together, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's, you know, we see instantly that this is the circa 1993 vision of what 2032 might look like. It's a very clean skyline due to an earthquake. Uh, everything's very pristine. The cars are mostly self-driving. There's, it's kind of neat. You know, it's, 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 uh, and it, it's very light. It's not, it's not as if they got famous visionaries to come together and really spend some time. If James Cameron had made this movie, first of all, it would have right. cost 10 times as much because he would have wanted to be photo, you know, completely authentic, uh, the future. He would have like created all the tech and made it real. It's fun. <laughs> they got some good stuff in there and we get to meet, uh, our, our sort of, our, our good guys, you know, Bob Gutton looking all Blofeld, Sandra Bullock being the cutest thing in the town and, Benjamin Bratt, you got Bill Cobbs, the legendary Bill Cobbs in this. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, hope yeah. I hope he's still alive, but I can't imagine he is. There's no way. Yeah, he's not. Is, is it Bill Cobbs or Bill Cobb? I believe it's Cobbs, but you know, maybe Bill Cobbs you're is right. alive. Are you looking him up? Yeah, you're right. It's Bill Cobbs. Um there's no way he's alive. He is. He is super, super still alive. Eighty seven years old. I love him so much. Oh yeah, he's still craps. He's still crabs and he is still working, still working. So I was super wrong and God bless him. And he's still out there. I love it. His COVID was fine. 13 upcoming projects. Yeah. He said he only works with the, he only works with the masters. And I'm going to go on a limb and say, he may not get to watch all those projects. He says, uh, Bill, he'll, he's, he'll, don't worry. He'll be in Bill and the Echo Stars Adventures. He did. He did say yes to that project. I know you're wondering, did he sign on to Broken Church? He did. Yeah. He's in there. He'll be in Broken Church. The Wiz- the Wizdor Hotel he's in. Yeah. He's going to be in that one. In a recent yeah. interview, when asked if sexually active, he said, not really, but I move a little. You know? So good for him. But he is in Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead and so beautiful in that movie. Is he is he in Hudsucker Proxy too? I think so, right? I have clicked away because I care about the listeners. 
How dare you? As he's as referred to, the fiendish Simon Phoenix, he wakes up with an upgrade, which I, one of the funniest things about this movie is, so while he was in his slumber, they loaded him up with all these skills, hacking into yeah. computers and, and all these martial arts moves and all that. And mm-hmm. I think that was actually used in, I guess it's sort of like what they did in The Matrix when Keanu goes in. But Yeah, yeah it's um, reminiscent. Yeah. Matrix ripped off Demolition Man, let's be honest. Although the, apparently there was a movie that this ripped off. There was something or a book. Like a, a book, I think, Eastern yeah. block book or whatever. But yeah. so Wesley Snipes shows up and instantly starts killing people, and it's adorable because obviously this new culture isn't isn't prepared for it, and and they introduce the term murder, death, kill, which becomes yeah, they're woefully a, unprepared, a, a big deal, which is a word, a term still used in pop culture, if I'm not mistaken. MDK, murder, murder, death, kill, yeah, and it's um. And the one uh, the way that Bullock plays it, who plays a police officer in this, is that she's very excited that this stuff's happening because she's super bored with the the way society is is run now. There's nothing to do for a police officer. So when you know she's obviously sad that people are getting demolished, but she's also kind of thrilled that it's happening, which I think is a funny way to play it. I we I want to go back a little bit before the freezing. Did you notice that Stallone kept saying something over and over again when they were kind of reading? him the procedure of like his sentence like you know what was going to happen for the next 70 years and they were as they were kind of lowering him into this tank to freeze him okay they would they would start reading this legal stuff to him he go skip it he said it like three or four times skip it it's super cute (laughs) (laughs) skip it that's amazing like that's such a cute thing to say you know for stallone and, you know, Stallone, one of the jokes in this is that society doesn't even allow you. You get fined if you cuss. Right. And, you know, Stallone, is a very, he, he wakes up cussing. So he's getting all sorts of fines. But, you know, right before he was, he's getting frozen for 70 years, he certainly wasn't cussing. He was, skip, skip, it's fine. You wouldn't get fined for that. You know, I wish they would have resurrected it. when he Once he realized he couldn't say shit, he would just, you know, say ship or something. You know, I, I, it would have been cute if he self-censored. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That is worth going back. Fudge, um, ship. And then, of course, back to the future. Let's go back. There's obviously, yeah, back. there's a little bit of Verhoeven or a little bit of wannabe Verhoeven, it seems like, uh-huh. with some of the terminology or the way that the society is portrayed. Who made this movie, Nick? Who, who directed this one? Marco Brimbilla. Yeah, he's not. He didn't. He directed after this ex- excess baggage with uh, Alicia Silverstone and Benicio. That was it. I think those are his two feature films that he did. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Two classics. One classic. Yeah. Are you, how dare you? Besmirch excess baggage. Have you seen it? I have not. It's incredible. We should we should zoom it. Remember whenever you were like, but way back before I knew you, you were like, I, I hope someday Alicia Silverstone and Benicio are in a movie together. Why oh, that that is true. I, that's sort of you know, it's a shame that that title was taken because that if it wasn't that that title, all of the other members of Def Leppard can use that to describe. Use. She produced that movie. I, I know that. I remember after Clueless was such a huge success, she had like a production deal. She was the she, biggest thing in the business for a stretch. Mm-hmm. And she made Excess Baggage. Like that was her That was her next step. That was her misfire or straight after Clueless. Did, well, and I think I think her the biggest thing was that Reese Witherspoon showed up and took all of her steam. Yeah. I think she kind of backed away from acting a little bit. Uh, she did Batman and Robin. I think, I, don't, I think acting backed away from her. Maybe, maybe that was it. Or is it Batman Forever? And 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 honestly, I, I lost it when she, she demanded to be pronounced Alicia. So I was like, "That's it, I'm done." Oh, is that what she said? What I I, I called her? What I call her, Alicia? Yeah, because that's the, that's how it's pronounced. It's not mm-hmm. your fault. Don't don't. You're just she got broadsided because she remember she had that thing where she when she had a a, a baby boy or a, a, a toddler, she used to chew the toddler's food up and then spit spit her food in the mouth. And the toddler's mouth is not a joke. 
she was advocating for that and people people got the willies they didn't like it people people got their finger on the pulse of what's real ahead of her time you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah um, that's a cold anyway stone. yeah so old silverstone so they have to uh since anything like, you know wesley snipes wakes up can I, can, I, can I go to people, go ahead let me just yes, finish my paul verhoven i think it culminates in the do you wish to assign a coroner line which i love like when somebody gets slaughtered oh, you yeah. hear a digitized voice say would you like to assign a coroner and it totally is a Remind me of Starship Troopers or whatever. Would you like to know? The more voice whatever? apparently is Adrian Barbeau, according to the trivia. I mean, of course it is. I did not recognize her voice. Well, there's only one thing you recognize about Adrian Barbeau. Curly hair. Her. Curly hair. I love her, by the way. Yeah, me too. Once Wasn't she once married to John Carpenter? Weren't, weren't they together for of, like a hot second? Of course. His muse, you know? Yeah, he had two muses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, still working, I think. Don't I know even. she's still out there. Don't even. Married to Bill Cobbs. <laughs> Finally, I don't know. Even Carpenter's not really still working. He's playing video games. and, he, he's, and he's playing music and being grumpy about the world, the way that the film industry is. Yeah, he's. I love him forever, though. He's one of the best. So he I, can enjoy his retirement because he's one of the best. Let me take a side zoom. Uh, I've recently mm-hmm. finished Brian Cox's autobiography, and he talks about his good buddy Nigel Hawthorne on this movie. And apparently, he there was an an element of Nigel Hawthorne, you know, feeling like, "What am I doing here?" You know, because he's a stage actor. I think it might have been his first feature film. Not really understanding why he was in this strange machismo sure. yeah, thing. and 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 i think that he and i don't remember if cox was acting as if they both came to a revelation or if maybe just cox came to a revelation that this these films are no different than anything else that they work on it to treat them all the same and to do the very best you can with each performance mm-hmm. and it seems like there was an element of him um just really kind of falling in love with uh acting and and just loving the ability to do it i don't know if it was contagious with hawthorne or if it was just Cox, but it's uh, mm. it was pretty badass. It's pretty badass that they would use this movie as an example of something that uh, it didn't cheapen them. It, they didn't treat it like it was beneath them, which I thought was cool. Yeah, he was a, a very famous stage actor, a theater act, you know. And so then he want. I think he was going to make another film. He's going to make the one he got famous for, right? Madness of King George. Yeah, and so then this was his his run up to that. I don't know. I I feel like his character gets very dispatched of in a very funny way in this like you know you, you, they build him up as like the biggest the big bad that's kind of pulling on the strings and he just gets there's a few moments where he just gets dispatched and then like again dispatched well, you know, I, like I, they, well I love the fact that he's built into Simon Phoenix's program the inability to kill him and then so <laughs> Simon Phoenix convinces him to unearth a few other frozen dudes and they have no such directives to worry about yeah he just orders them to kill him yeah it's very very funny um the guy from um beetlejuice is in this too i, I hadn't glenn, thought of him for a while glenn shaddix glenn shaddix who is no longer with us but um or the brent i always thought he was glenn a, Shaddy, yeah, glenn, huh? glenn shaddix is yeah that's his name i always thought he was pretty fun to watch in film so i forgot that he was in this he, he plays like a assistant to um um Nigel Hawthorne's to, uh, to, to paraphrase one Justin Waddell, a chameleon. <laughs> he does always have the same presence, but he's a like he's he's funny. He's a comedic actor. He's he, I think he's good. Like he's kind of a unique presence. I, I like seeing him in this. I hate seeing unlike, him. Unlike Schneider, for example. I'm not a huge I don't need to see him. Although Schneider is in knockoff with John Claude, which I do like. I do like that movie. Have you ever, you've seen that? You've of course, had to. Of course I have. It's there's a shoe in it. 
There's some kind of weird shoe thing in it. It's yeah. been a Does, while. Do the credits go it. through a shoe? Is there like a zoom in through a shoe for the opening credits? There's some so. major sh- like tennis shoe thing in that. Some movie. shoe thing. Let's zoom in. There's a shoe thing happening. And is that the one with the? Is that the one with the Coke machine? Like the? Uh, there's like a, t- a CGI tiger, an explosion in a Coke machine. Somebody's saved by a Coke machine. I mean, you're asking the wrong person. It's been a minute since I've seen it. Is that the one with uh, Dennis Rodman? No. Double team, right? Yeah, and directed by I get, a I great get, director. I get my masterpieces mixed up. Ringo Is that Ringo <laughs> Lamb? No. Who's the guy that did Freddy vs. Jason? I think he directed it. Which movie? I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a time warp. Freddy vs. Jason. No, no, but that's Marcus. That's Lee, Jonathan Liebsman? Wait, no. Ronnie Yu? Maybe Ronnie Yu. Let me, let me look it up. Wait, what movie are we talking about? Knock Up or Double Team? I thought Knock, knock up. Off. Knock Off. Is it Ringo Lamb? I don't think it's Ringo Lamb. It's uh, Ronnie Yu. You're right. Okay. The second time. And he, I think he did knock off, but I could be wrong. I mean, it's I'm getting old. I don't remember shit. He did The Bride with yeah. White Hair, right? Ronnie Yu, that's his big claim to fame. Right. Maybe that was the first knockoff wasn't Ronnie Yu. He did Chucky. He did Bride of Chucky, too, which I think is pretty fun. <laughs> Love Bride of Chucky. No, that's Hark Tzu, T-S-U-I. Okay, okay, yeah. So I think Ringo Lamb did... He did maximum risk, maybe. I don't remember. There was a whole period there where Van Damme and all those. There was like this strange, like really yeah. good Asian filmmakers working with really bad uh, international superstars. We were uh, we our zooms were off on that one, man. We should strike it from the record. We don't want anybody to know that sometimes our zooms are are super bad. No, I think they like. Off. I think they like the salt and the spice. You know, they like it. They feel like we we're we're fallible. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. That we zoom sometimes we misfire on the zooms. Yeah, it's like sometimes you know, sometimes that blue check mark doesn't deserve to be there. So what did you think of Bullock is a fan of this the time period before all the stuff was cleaned up? And so she in, in her office at work has a lethal weapon. Is it a lethal weapon three poster? And a chili peppers, blood sugar, sex, magic poster, and something called bomb yeah. bomb, hate, fed, love. I don't know that. That's something worth worth looking up because is that a is that a band? Yeah, but if, I bet you that's something that was probably created as something that was supposed to fill the gaps between. Oh, like it was, yeah, before the. No, but it's real. <laughs> of course, nineteen ninety two. I guess they probably saw, they probably thought this band might be a big deal, and so what are they called? Bomb and the album's called Hate Fed Love. They had like one album, Bomb. They still they got to be still around, I imagine. Well, in today's world, of course they're still around, right? I don't think they have a Wikipedia page, though. Eat Fed Love, album by Bond, Bomb. It's a dumb name. Um, it is bad. I wonder if it had something to do with somebody close to production. I don't know. Maybe Bullock was just a huge fan. I don't think so. I think it was probably Warner Brothers. Rec- I don't even know if it was on Warner Brothers Music. Maybe It was. Okay, that's all it is. That's just co-branding. Did not they did not make it to twenty thirty two, sadly. But yeah, so she does have What do you think of what do you think of the graffiti that these so the, the underground people read, led by Edgar Friendly are called the scraps and they are causing havoc for this uh very uh clean cut society not following the rules and they, they do a little graffiti. Do you remember what that graffiti says? I I, I remember it, I remember it's very bad graph it was CGI, but no, what what was it? It's uh Life is Hell and then the tag for it was the EF for Edgar Friendly. He put life as hell and they immediately it's a robot that that does this graffiti and they they immediately clean it off of this this wall or the sign and then they destroy the graffiti robot. Well, I thought that it just malfunctions. Doesn't it just malfunction? I don't think so. I think they destroy it. However, it's a really just a distraction. So because the scraps have these little robotic periscopes underground that they Adorable. use to kind of look. <laughs> look at what the happenings above ground and honestly they hate the way society is being run and they've kind of left society but 
really they're just hungry and they want to raid when they create havoc and when they create, they do crimes is because they want to steal food so they can, they can eat underground. And, and who is one of his right-hand men down there? Who? Jack Black. Leary? Jack Black. I didn't notice Jack Black in this. He, he, did you see him? Yeah. He seemed like four or five times. Yeah. I didn't even notice him at all. He looks like, I love Jack, he looks, I love Jack Black. He's like really unshaven and unkempt. Oh, he looks exactly like Jack Black all the time. Yeah. And, um, Craig Sheffer's in this movie too. He has a producer credit and he was a writer on this. Now, he's a writer on no. Yeah, he, he, he like there, the, the script on the on the trivia. Yeah, he was one of the people that was apparently in the writing. He's writing. one of the cops that apparently approached this night. Was that? Did you recognize him? No, but yeah. you want to talk about a, a movie going from a straight ten to a ten point five? You add Craig Sheffer to that. That's that's a man that you cannot define. You know, he's been all over the place. He's been in the Turbulence movies. He produced Demolition Man. He, he's in a river run. Oh through. yeah, he he was he was riding a uh, rainbow, dodging every threat in River on Stewart. He's like, how did I luck myself into being in this movie with the golden Brad Pitt at the sexiest of his career and Robert Redford at the most marketable and Oscar friendly of his career? He just really was like guiding his eye of it. And he's good in that movie. Who was he married to at one point? By the way, in real life, we've had this talk. Yep. Uh, Miss, you don't remember Mi- you? Mrs. Sheffer. Abriel Anwar. That's right. Who also went with somebody else. She went with somebody, huh? And she and I saw her in Santa Monica pushing a pushing a, a dog around. Who, Gabrielle Anwar? Yeah. Saw her on the Third Street Promenade pushing walking a dog one morning. Maybe they never were married, but they have a kid together, according to Wikipedia. Uh, Craig Sheffer, he's still out there killing it. He is, by the way, sixty one years young, and he did show up. In a movie we did, Fire in the Sky, Fire in the Sky, right? And 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 there's a few of his other movies that we need to get to. I'll be honest, because there is yeah, there, no, no, no. The reason I like Craig Sheffer, there's a reason I like him, and I forgot what it is. It it's like a t- oh, you know what it was? It's a uh, is it called Fire with Fire? Coming of age movie. You're usually right about this and, stuff, by the and way. He, he's like a it's like it's like him, it's like a tough turf type of thing, but it's Craig Sheffer. Yep, Fire with Fire, 1986. And what's the premise of it? Played Joe Fisk. Of course he did. You know, remember. Um, Is Virginia Madsen in that? American romantic drama film about a young woman from a Catholic boarding school who runs away with an escapee from a nearby prison camp. The film stars Virginia Madsen. Oh, my God. Craig Sheffer. John Polito. Love. Is he still around? Kari Wurr in this. He died. D.B. Sweeney, they worked together prior to Fire in the Sky. All right. Yeah, this will make its way onto. Is it on Tubi? I mean, there's no way it's not. Of course it's on Tubi. There has to be. Fire with Fire, Buried by Time. I've never heard of this movie. I owned it you on VHS. It. Of course you I do. It, huh? Craig Sheffer in this. Man, he I wonder was... he's, he's still work. Is he still out there? I don't think he is. I don't think he works. I don't. I think he's done. He had it with the movie biz. He's, he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm out. I'm not doing it anymore. I don't want to act. It is. He said acting is meaningless to him. Oh, no, he still works. We could watch it on a variety of of mediums for only $3. So that's going to, that's happening. Oh, he was just in the Justin Timberlake movie, Palmer. You know, it's the one where Justin Timberlake was on the cover of the movie with the trucker hat, cover of the the poster or the poster. Yeah, cool. So, and oh my goodness, gosh, he is in a movie called Sarah that's coming out where he reunites. With DB Sweeney no. and Virginia Madsen, You're, and guess who's in it too? Mary Stuart Masterson. Oh, I was going to say Gil Bellows. Nope, um, but Spencer List is in there. I know he's your fave. 
By the way, let's get back to demo Lishon. But you know what? Gil Bellows could have been used in Fire with Fire to keep those flames hot and stoked. Gil Bellows, yeah, still he's still out there too. So there's a, I there is a, so I was reading the trivia. Apparently, there's all this, these stuff that they filmed and cut. I forgot about him having a daughter in this movie. I know. I tapped out the trivia during the trivia. There's a lot of trivia in this movie. I tapped out. I was like, I can't read all this. I went all the way to the copyright at the bottom, so I could help you out <sighs> if you need it. I skipped, but yeah, I read that part that they had a lot of. They actually cut out Bill Cobbs's uh, death too. He just disappears. He doesn't get. He he's he's along for the ride, and then he never appears. He's not at the end of the movie. Well, either, I, so I think I think that's smart because in our hearts we want to think of him as eternal, and it turns yeah, out no he one is. wants to see him dead. No, yeah, I think he mm-hmm. I think he makes it in uh, in things to do as well. Yeah, so he has a daughter. His wife is destroyed. She dies in the quake. But yeah, so but here's the thing: there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, at least ten insulting names that John Spartan is called by various characters through this film, and I love right, it. You counted them up. I love it's it so zoom. much. He, here. he is called a grotesque, which I love. That I is, love that is my favorite. A muscle bound grotesque, actually. He's called a yeah. caveman, a Viking, a Neanderthal, a primate, a savage, a fossil, a Cro-Magnon, and oh, he's called a so it's nine, a brutish fossil, and a Cro-Magnon in this movie those are half of those names are cool to be called well and the thing is fair. stallone's that's his reputation but mm-hmm. he's actually not that character in this movie even no. though he's violent and he solves things with, through violence he's actually not a dummy in this movie and a mono, he's not monosyllabic as well no he's, I, he's he's having fun i mean granted these characters are in a future where that where even that version of stallone he gets is. his he gets his sad moment where he wakes up and he says my wife and then they, you know, Bullock breaks it to him. His wife perished in the great earthquake. Yeah, her light was extinguished. And, uh, yeah. and he's like, my daughter. And then they, and then uh, Bob Gunn says, we didn't wake you up for a family reunion. Woke you up for one reason only, because you're good at catching Simon Phoenix. Now, here's the thing that I didn't like about Simon Phoenix's character, and I forgot, but it's kind of cute, I guess, is he always does uh, Simon Says to Die. They kind of make that. What do you? What do you? What do you think about that one? They have, there's a few. They abandon it pretty quickly. I mean, well, Stallone he, he brings comes it up back. A, yeah. So Stallone brings it back at one point. He goes. He. I think Simon. He says, "Now you die." And then Stallone says, "You didn't say Simon says." It's a very kind of. Um, I don't know. It's. I guess it's kind of cute, honestly. As I'm talking about it, I don't. I guess I don't hate it. There's a funny little thing though. When she's talking about his cryo sleep, and then re- she's recounting stuff. She 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 name drops one of her own movies. She goes while you're sleeping. I I wrote it. Yeah, it's great. It's home, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which she hadn't made yet. No, of That's course good. not. Yeah, it's just it's a premonition. Stallone, by the way, we talked about that Simon Phoenix has been programmed with all these killing skills in, in his sleep. He's been he's been programmed to do hack to hack to just be more violent. To, anyway, Stallone it's ama- didn't it's, get such that, program, that's one of my, programming. That's my favorite part of the movie, probably. <laughs> it's probably my favorite part Stallone, of the movie. Stallone at one point, yeah, you go ahead then. If it's your favorite, you talk mm-hmm. about it because I, I do love it as well. And it's not revealed to quite a bit later in the movie, but um, it isn't. But we can talk. But about no, that. so to make things even worse, because I mean, apparently they don't want to give these convicts awful things. So he is given the the uh, the ability of knitting, and 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 it, and, it, <laughs> and it manifests first when he's he finally gets to his apartment one night, and he's sitting there and he's watching something, and he just uh, subconsciously grabs 
a needle and you know a knitting yarn and and a, and a needle. Yeah, there's a there's a there's some yarn that they have out for him. Yeah, and he and some knitting needles, and they don't explain it. They don't know why he has it in his he, like, little gift box. And he's just doing it, and then he makes a sweater for for Lelina Huxley, Sandra Bullock's character. But later on, and it's his delivery that destroys me. He he calls himself a seamstress twice. Yeah, maybe a seamstress, which is. I think he's a seam, a seamster, if you want to be really accurate. But he also yeah, but says, he, well, they, they, you made him an unstoppable killing machine. I'm Betsy fucking Ross, <laughs> which I think is that's a, so great. That's amazing. And then later, you had said that he gets in this, this car wreck. And he, it turns, it's another line that you like. Oh, I, where I told him, yeah, big time. The foam goes everywhere. And what is he? So this, so he gets in this wreck and this police car and it, it protect all this foam shoots out to protect the crap, him in the crash. And he punches away his way out. And what does he, he say? Says his car turned into a cannoli. It says his car turned into a cannoli, which, which is 100% incredible. had to be a Stallone ad lib because that is such his style of humor. <laughs> And uh, so then Bullock says something like your, your, your clothes are torn. And he says, that's all right. I just, I'll take care of some, some needle and thread. Like he just says it like, and then he like gets mad at himself when he says it, which I think is great. It's a, it's a, there's a, a lot of jokes in here like that, that really work for me. And it is the large part of it is Stallone, obviously and Bullock. They're having fun. Yeah. It's no, there's it. a lot of cute stuff. There's a lot of really cute yeah. stuff. So First of all, some of the terminology that they use, the police are forced to use uh, in this in this pacified future, or just the way that things are addressed. Like, so Simon uh, Phoenix is referred to as a maniac intruder at one point via one of these things, which I thought was adorable. Mm-hmm. The best, uh, I there is a uh, well, there's a thing at the when they so when Snipes is at like a you know escapes prison, kills a bunch of people, and then he's at like a ATM or something trying to get money, and these cops surround him. And the cops don't know what to do with the violent criminal. They just haven't had one for a long time. And so the computer is telling them, they say, demand maniac life face down on the ground, you know? Yeah. Or, and so then, or else. Or, and they say, yeah, so they, they don't. And then they said, okay, add for or else to it. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, there's cute stuff like that in there all the time. And I think that Snipes has some fun too. Like he's always like, he's like a kid in this. Like he's always singing to himself and kind of bouncing around. And giddy over the fact like he has to at one point go to a museum because there's no guns anywhere. He has to go to a museum and go to the the Hall of Violence, which I love as well, which is incredible to uh, procure some guns. And uh, the the one thing that was kind of weird, I thought, is his first like big fight scene with those cops is they have like this weird hip, like scratch, like turntable scratching going on underneath that fight, which I didn't really understand. Is it because Snipes is African-American or something? They thought that they had to put like a hip hop. I think it's just because it's the absolute best. It's not a good choice. (laughs) It doesn't make any, it doesn't make too much sense. It's, it's, I think it's trying to take a shortcut and be playful, but yeah, it doesn't work, but it's it's still amazing. Um, Snipes did he did not like his haircut in this, but I, I you know his uh, bleach blonde you know haircut, but I, I kind of did like it. And he's wearing overalls, which is also a strange choice. It is, but they're futuristic overalls, which makes it even better. Well, why are they? Because they're not denim. They're not denim. There are some other cool material. He later upgrades his outfit to like kind of a road warrior type. He's got like pieces of tire all over him. Yeah, Um, which some of the the scraps are wearing underneath. Yeah, there's definitely a. kitchen sink approach to this and and it's it's easy to see how bad this movie would have been had it not been stallone and snipes 
and Bullock in these roles. It could have been really bad. They really, they, they wanted at first, they wanted Jackie Chan to play the Snipes role. They said, right. I think Stallone wanted Jackie Chan. And then I think it was also meant for Seagal originally to the lead role, but um, yeah, well they were going to, it was like they, they had asked uh, John Claude and Seagal to do it. John Claude Van Damme. What do you think they kept? They kept saying Bullock's name all the time. Lenina Huxley, they keep saying it over and over. Because it's a combination of two famous science fiction authors, I think. But, yeah, Huxley, I know. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's cute. Let's talk about no, The Three Seashells, you want to talk about that? That's kind of the famous thing that everybody remembers from this movie. Of course. And it's a weird gag, for sure, is that Stallone, when he gets, he has to go to the bathroom when he thaws out, and he comes out complaining, he goes, you guys are out of toilet paper. He just had there. I just saw these three seashells like sitting there. I don't, and they're like, Yeah, you and they start laughing at him, like, You don't know about the three seashells, that's what you use. And they're incredible. And Bullock is like, Yeah, they used to use paper to wipe wipe their asses or something, and Stallone can't believe it. And so then he starts that the gag is he starts to cuss up a storm and they keep spitting out violations, these paper violations at him, and he uses that. He said, Oh, yeah. he does it on purpose to get the, toilet paper. That's the yeah. one gag that. I never get tired of in the movie and they start, they abandon it sort of late in the movie and there's a lot of vulgarity and I was just end it though. At the end, he mentions the three seashells again. Like right, right. Said, no, like, I'm talking that's about how they end I'm, the movie. I'm talking about the vault, the violations. Every time somebody says, they bad, do abandon it. Yeah, they do. They abandon should, it. they should never have abandoned it. As a matter of fact, they should have made that real, but the, yeah, the three seashells thing, I didn't realize that you see them in the movie. I forgot about that. Because, I forgot about it. Cause too. I thought they were yeah. just alluded to. And then sure enough, there's a scene where he goes, checks out his bathroom and there's three seashells there. And they're not real seashells. They're like metal uh, shaped, metal shaped as seashell, seashells. I can't say it. Yeah. But yeah, they never explain it. That's the big thing is that people, of course, on the internet have like, um, I, maybe Stallone has like said what he thinks. In the, in the trivia, it said there's a couple of explanations there about how. Right. What was it? Do you remember? The two of them are used to, to pinch the goodness and the other one's used to clean out the old space. But that doesn't seem any wow. more sanitary or interesting than the current process. Yeah, they don't. They say they don't know how. How is it sanitized between uses? You know, and I guess we could spin some theories up for this. Well, I'm at the sea, and maybe I'll give it a shot. Uh, do you like the fact that uh, Bob Gunton says "no kiss, kiss, no bang, bang"? A little James Bond reference. Stallone later says, "I'm going to put him in the Hurt Locker." Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. Yep. And then Dennis Leary calls says somebody's a 47 year old virgin in this. Really? This movie's wow. this movie's prescient, man. It is. And then, <laughs> maybe, maybe people use this. They use this movie to pluck titles out of and i do love uh, the, the, i think i mentioned it in a previous episode the dan cortez as the lounge singer singing the jolly green giant song which is that's an adorable little moment too with the whole concept of everything yeah. being taco bell in the future everybody yeah all the hits all this oldies that they play are all like commercial jingles yeah dan cortez he looking very handsome and that uh, and, and not that cannot be his real singing voice I guess they just dub someone else singing over Dan Cortez's face. They just needed to get him in there because he was such a huge presence back then. We need to figure out how to get him in this movie. I mean, let's not um, let's not call him a huge presence ever in history. Huge, like a hu- he was, at this point, he was a huge talent. <laughs> is he still? What is going on with him? He's uh, he's uh, working with Bill Cobb in a new movie, actually. An American actor, four years old, not too not too much older than us. Could it, we're, he's our peer. Yeah. He could be friends with Does him. Does he still have the hair? Because that's the big X factor, no? In his um, IMDb profile picture, he's he has a baby Bjorn on with a baby in it. That's cute. Trying too hard. Yeah, he still works. I mean, he, he was just in, on a TV. I guess he hasn't. No, he hasn't done too much acting. I bet he's got a. I bet he has a podcast, right? He has to. Does he still have the hair? That's a very important question. He seems he like still a, have hair. he seems like the guy that would be bald at this point because he lived he lived and died with that hair. Does his head contain hair? 
He's on Instagram, about to find out. He's still got hair. Um, I mean, a lot of these pictures are throwbacks. He's best known for Demolition Man. Oops. He's in it for less than 60 frames. He does still have, look at that. He's got a nice, got spiky hair. He's doing something facing the camera, so. Yeah, round up. You know what, I, there's a scene, there's a couple of things. He's got a filter on, that's okay. I use a filter too. There's a few things that happened that I, that I noticed this time around that I loved. Ouch, ouch. What? Here's what his bio says. Oops. Proud Papa, husband, actor, host, author, and podcaster. NFT artist. Oh my god. And I have had I have to say I have some of his NFTs. And uh man. You know what it stands for in his case? No fucking transactions. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's some very amusing things. First of all, because there's no guns, they give John Spartan like what's called a uh, there's a name for it. Like, glow stick glows, or something yeah. or what is it called? I wrote it down. Like a, I'll find like it. A glow rod or whatever. Glow rod, yeah, makes a cute noise. And he, uh, yeah, it does make a cute noise. But he tests it on an innocent person. <laughs> yeah. He taps it to the head, and they're knocked out. And it is so funny. Yeah, it's 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 like one of the first, and nobody scolds him for it. It's just he's heading into oh, the hall it? of violence, and he just. An innocent person, he tested on it. There's also a shot of when he's he's walking in with it, and he looks at it, and he rolls his yeah, eyes, yeah. like he rolls his eyes at his. But <laughs> which is great. What if it What if it was a lethal weapon, and he just tested on an innocent person? That's how his. You know what I thought it was going to be, and I I was mixing up this with um maximum or uh, minority report. Yeah, I thought it was going to make people throw up. That's a six stick. Those I, are called six sticks. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is Minority Report. Yeah. Actually, this has some connections to Minority Report because remember, I don't know if you remember, of course you do, that it's also a movie about a society that's been cleaned up that's kind of violent free, right? They take care of the criminals before they commit yeah, the crime. Yeah, like so. it's like a dumber version of this. <laughs> so I've never been so. And, there, and then there's a sex scene where they put on our headgear and fake it, but Stallone is incredulous that she's doing this and he, he mentions the old fashioned way. She goes fluid transfer. And he says, boning. <laughs> Does he say boning? He, says boning. he has some questionable lines. So that they, there's a part in this, when they're fighting in this museum, him and Simon Phoenix are fighting. You know, there's a lot of stuff they're fighting through like a kind of a, a recreation of like an old, like, uh, like Los Angeles street or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> Stallone swings a TV, like an old, like, you know, 20 inch TV, you know, by its cord at, Simon Phoenix says, "You're on TV." Yeah, that's the line. Yeah, it's not great. But he, no. but he, but, but he, it is kind of great though. But he makes up it's for it later. Why? Because there's a scene when they go to when they go to interrogate Nigel Hawthorne. Stallone is basically puts a gun to his head, and you know, and Nigel says, uh, "I have a city to run." He goes, "Well, yeah, we'll run this," and he he shoots something. Or he maybe just says, "Yeah, run this" as he's approaching him. And then there's a scene. Oh, okay. He says somebody. He says, "Be fucked" to somebody when he's killing somebody later on. He's like, "Be fucked," and he. He kills. Them. Oh, because the big the big phrase everybody says everybody is be well. Right. Yeah, he says be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> there's a okay, so there's another gag in this, it's fun. It's that there's no more restaurants. There's like a chain like a restaurant franchise war they allude to. Right. And the winner of that <laughs> war was Taco Bell. Right. And so the only restaurant that exists is Taco Bell. So this the bad guy uh, at one point is Simon Phoenix approaches Nigel Hawthorne and Stallone kind of interrupts this conversation and Nigel Hawthorne, who was in cahoots with Simon right. Phoenix, was like, 
pretends he was saved, right? right? And he and he he says, "Would you like to accompany me to Taco Bell?" <laughs> and uh, Stallone, I love the way Stallone plays like everything after that said. <laughs> like, first of all, he can't believe that someone's inviting him to Taco Bell, and he's like, "I can go for a burrito." Yeah. He says that, right. which is great. But in this, it's a very fancy Taco Bell restaurant. Yeah, they get their food. It's tiny, and and Stallone's like, "Ask for salt." And Sandra Bullock has to tell him that salt's illegal because it's bad for you. And his he that's the angriest he looks in the film. <laughs> in the whole movie, that is that is the shot that he looks the most pissed off. And it is beautifully. It is, it is in that same scene, they put the plate in front so of him good. and it is microscopic food. And he says, Good thing of I'm course. good thing I was hungry, he says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's just and like I said, Bullock is She's like super fun too. Like I, I love one thing. The running gag in this that she that she always has to do is she's always getting phrases wrong. Like she says at one right. point, "lick his ass," "lick his ass" yeah. instead of kick, "kick his ass." But she does a a couple of things, and he was always having to correct her. Right. And she says at one, what does she say at one point? She she says like shovel instead of something else. Right. Uh, take this job and shovel it. And he's like close enough. Like he doesn't even correct it. He's like, it's it's fine. Yeah, you know. But it, it that's cute. I don't know. So this like movie basically what we're saying is this movie's cute. This movie is cute. That's the zoom. That's the zoom. And it and yeah. it's it's sort of like Tango and Cash. It's a pretty crap movie with just a lot of great nuances that are provided by the leads. It's got a high body count for something that's so damn cute. A lot of death. Eh, yeah, I mean, but you know, you got to break some eggs to make some soup. It's true. Uh, there's a there's a close up shot of a a mug shaped like a poodle head mug with sunglasses on. I missed that. I need to rewatch this movie. Yeah. That's in, um, that's one of the kitschy items that Sandra Bullock has in her apartment where he, where she invites Stallone back to, to have, she propositions him for sex. He's thrilled. Can't wait to, to knock boots. Mm -hmm. But then she starts to um, put VR gear on him. Right. And they start to have a touchless sex scene, which he seems to be having a great time with. He's on the verge of so, orgasm. So, soiling everything. He's about to, it's about to ring true for him. And he then whips the headset off. He, he will not, he will not be that guy. Mm-hmm. And he keeps seeing visions of, uh, I guess it's bullet. Yeah, of course and, like, it is. Strobe lights. Yeah, of course. He likes it sort of, but then he, he says, look, let's just do it the old fashioned way. And she kicks him out. Yeah, which is adorable as well. And that's when he goes to his apartment, which is right in the same hallway, basically. That's where all that other stuff happens. But, you know, I, I really do kind of wish that this was, there was more of the, of the, the fun, day, like future stuff. Day in the life stuff with him, yeah, being a fish out of water because it's adorable. Still, well, she also comes out, by the way, in a robe and then hands, when she puts the VR, she hands him a hand towel. I, like both are holding towels to clean out. I guess, yeah. yeah. That tells me she's a uh, glasses half full kind of mentality. You know, mm-hmm. usually, you know, if she shows up and and she then she has to realize it's midway. I needed to go get these. No, she thought ahead. She's like, you're going to lose everything. Right. Yeah, you're going to be loading out, and it's I appreciate that. Load out into this, please. Uh, the the big secret about Sloan is that he's a gifted comic actor, and mm-hmm. and it's in these little things that we could have had so many more delights instead of all these action scenes there's so many bad stunt double moments in this movie too where right. they're, they don't even seem to try to hide them that it's it's like so close to being a real classic i mean i still love it but it makes you wish and you hear that they added the daylight side of it i wonder how much of that footage is actually salvageable because they had this whole thing where he's protecting his his daughter and he finds that nobody needs that but I, I do think they'd be fun if there was some more little pop culture stuff but yeah i wonder why they edited it down like it was it just dragging or something i wonder because it feels the, if the 
like this version's good. I like it. So like, I wonder. It has to yeah, be Stallone. Other, other stuff was- Stallone st- back then. That was in the middle of his the overseas box office value and the ninety minute mm-hmm. rule. And there was just you know, and I think they were just trying to make it as lean and mean as possible. But all the nuance gets squeezed out with stuff like that. And I think this is of a higher cut than a lot of the stuff that he was making back after. Then. There's also there's a gratuitous scene after the this this missed opportunity sex scene with them. Like he she get, he gets kicked out. He goes back to his um his apartment. And he, he's about to do some research. Like he got his disc with a conversation that he wants to zoom in on. Thank you. That footage between Snipes and um, Nigel Hawthorne. Anyway, before that happens, though, he gets a, uh, a wrong number call from a naked woman. It's it's a millisecond long. That's what I'm saying is like that. that and I was like, but that, it's just super gratuitous. Like, and it's like, do you think that was like making up? They're like, sorry, audience. We didn't. We have a jokey sex scene, but here's some here's some boobs. What's it there for? It's there because you cut out the daughter stuff and leave that in. But uh, and yeah, and then the next thing you know, they're in a cab together. He's riding with Lelina again, and it, did he not find out the truth there? Because he still has there's still meat on the bone as far as him figuring out Nigel Hawthorne's the ultimate bad. No, he he has a little twinkle in his eye. He, that's when he's got, he he knows that Hawthorne's bad. Um, but then that's when they decide decide that they're gonna head into the underground to to talk to Edgar Friendly, right? Yeah. Isn't this kind of what happens? This is that's a, yeah the Ratburg the Ratburger. That's soon, a, a, soon that's, that's a cute scene too, actually. Mm-hmm. Stallone sells that really well. Yeah, he so they go down there. Uh, Benjamin Bratt, Sandra Bullock, and Stallone go down to the underground to, to find these rebels, which they're not hard to find. They're they're grossed out. Sandra Bullock, they smell something they don't like, but Stallone is like. It's like in heaven, and he because meat like, is illegal to eat in the future. And he and he runs over. And there's a, they're grilling burgers, and he asks for a beer and a burger. They give it to him. Actually, he he trades Bullock's watch for them. And uh, she's like, "Do you see any cows here? By the way, you're eating rat, which he is grossed out by, but he finishes his burger to give John Spartan some. Yeah, and, and let's give a little shout out to the continuity department because they cut to a scene and he's still finishing up that rat burger. Yeah, he's looking. He's licks his fingers. Look, I believe. Yeah. It, um, it is funny how, uh, I mean, granted, world is always an ever-evolving nightmare, but the stuff that's illegal in that uh, in that indeterminate future that they speak, there's it's not too far off in some respects, at least stuff which is poo-poo, you know, frowned upon, mm-hmm. you know, in today's age. You know, I, I think uh, I think it's a very, uh, it's in line with, with sort of the idealistic op- opinions of many uh, upstanding citizens today, which is just shows how much better than, uh, how much better this is than Minority Report. At the end of the movie, Simon Phoenix kills Nigel Hawthorne, who is like saying his plan, which which his plan is to get rid of these rebels to to have the ultimate society with clean, his ultimate clean society with no illegal activity. And Snipes says, "You can't take away people's right to be a- be assholes." That's his big thing, which he's right. Mm-hmm. And then he ha- then that's when ha- Nigel Hawthorne he orders him to he can't shoot him orders one of his men to shoot him, and then they throw his body in the fireplace on a on a like a a big fire and burn them which I lo- after they shoot him like five times yeah and and they find and they when they come to the his domicile later on Sandra Bullock identifies the remains and is crestfallen actually yeah she's sad to see him go well she they have a lot of respect for this architect they don't know he's corrupt another thing so then you know at the end uh, John Spartan and they have their big fight scene <laughs> Let me and, zoom in and, you know, false prophet yeah for sure Stallone actually knocks out Bullock so she doesn't you know he takes her out of the game because she already had a fight scene down in the in the underground where she's very, kicking some yeah, ass. Yeah, very effective. Actually, no, name in the underground. They actually, when they're going in to confront Phoenix, she takes on one of his henchmen and she she kicks him in the in the balls like nine times. She really 
destroys that guy. And then she shoots another one. So she gets her kind of action scenes, but then Stallone renders her unconscious with the glow or the whatever that stick's called, the glow rod, mm-hmm. which I mean, taking her out of action without her permission. Come on. Anyway, he does it. And um, he has a one on one fight with Simon Phoenix. What do you think of all that? I, that I don't care, but I do like the. I mean, of course, you got to freeze him and, and demolish him. I got to love that. Yeah. Did it remind you of any movie that we absolutely love? Jason, Jason X? Went, no. Yeah, I mean, that's a good, good one. So it ha- Stallone actually ends up freezing Simon Phoenix and then kicking him when he's frozen, thus, you know, beheading him. Talking really, about my like, mind hunters? Talking about mind hunters, yeah. A little Christian Slater death scene reminded me of a little bit. Anyway, but before that, Simon Phoenix puts Stallone in like a claw like claw game type <laughs> thing. Like he has a, he, and Stallone is hanging from this claw for like five minutes, getting pinched, you know, pinched and, you know, kind of flung around the set and then, Simon Phoenix is shooting at him for like a minute, like machine gun fire, and it does not hit him. Well, he hides. It looks un, to me, it looks unsurvivable. He hides behind a balsa wood museum crate and dodges bullets earlier in the film. There's, they're not yeah. great shots. And that in particular looks like an unsurvivable situation. I'd say. Yeah. Stallone does survive it though, man. But he gets out of that claw. It's, it's a John Spartan. It's a fun movie, man. I wish they would have done more. No one to blame but himself for not killing John Spartan when it, when it's that easy to. Right. You have to kind of wonder: was did he not want to really kill him? Is he is he toying with his food, or is it just a big mistake? Because it doesn't definitely comes back to bite him on the asshole. And you get to see Jer- Jesse yeah. Ventura a little later in the film too. As one, when I miss that too. He's one of the resurrected baddies. He's one. I think he He's, he might be the one who shoots Nigel Hawthorne actually. Is it him? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I missed it. Did he recently die? No, Jesse Ventura. Somebody, I think he has some kind of disease, but he's around. Somebody died. Maybe I'm thinking of. Uh, oh my God, am I wrong? No, I'm th- I might maybe. be thinking of uh, my the, the guy that I love from uh, from Cape Fear. That's I might be thinking of him. Another. Yeah, he did pass away. That guy, but Jesse Ventura's still kicking around, and he's um, 70 years young, young man on Twitter. Green Party, remember he's a member of the Green Party. Great, thanks. Look, it's time to do the work. In the distant future, one thing hasn't changed. Tattoos, man, you can still do them. Drill a hole into some skins. And it's time for you to get something on your person from Demolition Man. What'd you get? A privilege and an honor to get a tattoo of this movie on me. What would I do for this one? I mean, obviously, I would get that balled-up, frozen, naked Stallone on me. For sure. I mean, there's no other choice. And I hope that you would get a twin tattoo of it. Maybe a mirror image tattoo. We could stand side by side. Where is it on you? Where would it look good? Upper thigh facing out. Yeah, I like it because it his you know Stallone looks good in this movie. He looks very cut. He looks know? great with the and, beret um, too, and I hate berets, but he looks great mm-hmm. wearing that beret, looking all John Spartan. And they they do spend a lot of time on his thighs and his his leg muscles. So yeah, I put it on my, as a tribute. I think we got similar you know um, physicality. I think I look I think I look like Stallone mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Frank from the neck down. Frank, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny is I, I also had chosen, but I had chosen to get Edgar Friendly naked in cryo sleep. So, oh man, yeah. So it's it's basically the, it is a mirror, but it's the Dennis Leary naked in a ball. Sure, yeah. So we get the best of both worlds, right? What did Dennis Leary say? There's a scene whenever Stallone is fighting Leary's boys, just just tearing them to shreds. Whenever he thinks that they're a threat, you know, but they're really just trying to steal food. And I think Leary says something like, "What a fucking hero," or something. And I, I did kind of like that. Actually, line. I love Leary in this. Uh, he's he's playing yeah. that version of Dennis Leary right after MTV, right after that whole, you know. But he, I I love him. I, I I continue to love him. So I think it's it's great to see him. Mm-hmm. 
he, yeah, surprising, surprisingly sex, successful acting career. Very good writing career too, and and producing, yeah, and also a little bit of a plagiarist. We'll, we'll skip past it. It's all right. A little bit known a little bit as a joke stealer yeah, back in the yeah, day. Yeah, the Bill the Bill Hicks thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't forgive, but I still do like him. You, you have to remember, my favorite comedian is Carlos Mencia, so we can't really look. The movie's over, the credits have rolled, but lo and behold, there's a stinger at the end. A little extra scene. What follows the credits? What's your little treat? That's a good question. Mine's easy. They do mm-hmm. consummate the relationship, but unfortunately, Sandra Bullock's character did not read up properly on the process. Mm-hmm. She researched everything else, but she missed this yeah, part. Yeah, she did. So he uh, he strips mm-hmm. down to the bare bone, and she does as well, but she puts on a hand, some stainless steel mole claws and just tears her way through his abdomen until she's through the other side. Did you enjoy it, mm-hmm. Mr. G? And then halfway th- as he's being gutted, he tries to reach for the VR. He's like, I'll do it this way. And then he's like, trying. let's go back to that other way. He's trying to knit, knit himself a new stomach. <laughs> yeah. And this is the scene where in my, the credit scene is that uh, the police bathroom, you see a janitor walk in there and his head's hanging down and he just slowly grabs the seashells and the tears come down. <laughs> tears. And it's fun on his face. Cause he has to, He's the white that he sanitizes those seashells. That's his job. Mm-hmm. This 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 immaculate future, and there's a giant shit sticking to one of them. <laughs> Just tears, <laughs> and he goes, "I can't believe." I have to clean the poop off. And then they, that's fine. They can't even say poop. <laughs> poop is a bad word there. You know? Yeah. Did what was, what was the least offensive bad word that people were getting fine? I, I don't this remember. Movie? Like, damn. No, I think, damn? I think they get away with that one. Do they? I think it'd be funny if, um, he, uh, the three seashells. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. He, uh, he, he goes, to, he, he goes and sanitizes them. And by sanitizing them, he picks them up and there is a 300 yard, String of just disgust that's hanging from underneath them, just and like this. flicking it around the room. The whole room is covered in just just complete poop. Mm. Yeah, and so then he he's holding the seashell to clean. He's holding it in his hand, and then from his cart he pulls it. You know how he cleans it? He has a there's another seashell he has to clean it with. Yeah, that's how he sanitizes yeah. it. Yeah, it's very confusing. That's a joke, by the way, in this movie that, that they did that is amazing that it got through. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that's a, that's a pretty great thing that they didn't, that they just let it yeah. be. And they don't explain it. It's just a weird thing that they let happen. And then you look behind the shell, there's a scallop, like naked scallop dry heaving. <laughs> look, you've been given the budget to have your own sequel to demolition man. Escrow is upside True. down inside itself. And you got to figure out how to use that hard earned. They did. Did they talk about a sequel to this ever? Yes. And then, but when you make, Barely your budget. They, they they talk less. It had its own Genesis. Oh, it's game. a beloved it had, film. I wonder if they had its own. They never think about revisiting. They should have. They should do it now. Those guys are still yeah. super. I think Bullock says it's the one that got away. You know, she wishes you know, she would trade everything. So mine's pretty simple. They 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 they. they, they it's the same kind of concept, but it's it's sort of like a multiverse version of this. Oh wow! And so it follows the exact plot line, but when they dethought John Spartan. They do a scan, you know, because they, they implant him with a tracker in this movie. They do a scan and they realize he is a plagiarist himself. Mm. So you are taking credit for all this daring do and all this great stuff. 
Mm-hmm. We did a scan. We saw the truth. Yep. Inside his neck is Misquamicus. Oh, man, you're going to cross him. Stemlish and Manitou. Yeah. <laughs> and he is sharing the, sharing the stage with, with Misquamicus, and they're both at mm-hmm. odds with Simon Phoenix. Turns out Simon Phoenix actually pissed off Misquamicus by destroying Harry Erskine in the, in the 1996. Mr. John Spartan's just a passenger. He's just a he's just a puppet. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a mixture of an action film and a conspiracy film. So it's, it's like you know, it's like all the presidents mad at you. Yeah, it's like that kind of shit. Yeah, I like this. Mm-hmm. Sounds like more of a sequel to Manitou, but I like that you're mixing them because yeah, to get the Manitou into the future, this would be a like you said, a passenger. This would be a way to do it. Yeah, the mix master is that what they call them? Musquamacus. I can't say it. They did nickname him the Mix Master, right? Yeah. Isn't that what Harry Erskine called yeah, him? And that's that's who was doing the music for Simon Phoenix during that fight scene. Uh, my sequel would be, you know, as funny as this one would be, is this movie is this my sequel? I I would jettison the humor um, and I'd make it a dead serious movie revolving around addiction, and it'd be about John Spartan who was just uncomfortable in 2032 after everything settled back down. And, you know, Sandra Bullock's, you know, he does plant one on Sandra Bullock at the end. He does kiss her for reals. And she says, you're changing everything. And, you know, you're you're led to believe that society will now return back to normal with the death of Nigel Hawthorne and um, Simon Phoenix, or Wesley Snipes' character. And Stallone's on set. He can't do it. John Spartan is just pacing. And you find out that he's addicted to being frozen and waking up 30 years in the future. That's his, that's his addiction. Wow. He can't get enough. You know, he's got a Jones for the, for, for, for getting back in that carbonite, whatever the hell it is. Cool. So he does, he, he hugs Bullock goodbye. And he says, I gotta go. I gotta go to 2067. Is it 35 years? It, I can't it, remember how long he goes. Yeah, whatever. Wakes up, stomps around a little bit, walk, looks around. There's, Trees with lips. I don't know what's going on in the future, right? There's still no universal health care. Cars with kickstands. Right. You know, there's every it's confusing to him. His brain can't make sense of it. He's like, freeze me. Freeze me, goddammit. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. So he gets frozen another 35 years and he keeps waking up. You know, people are still uh, people are still putting a microphone in front of the Gallagher brothers, Liam and uh Noel. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. happening for sure. Yeah, this the seashells are sentient mm-hmm. now. They've risen against society. They don't want poop and pee on them. Yeah. You know, they're, they've killed. It turns out <laughs> that they have an addiction to having poop and pee on them. So yeah. they have, No, they don't. They do now. That's the problem. No, <laughs> no they, they rose. They rose up against us. Stallone just, he sees that happening. He sees the world burning. He's like, freeze me. Get me back to sleep. And, he's, and he does. He just keeps popping up until the end of existence when he's just, he wakes up one day and there's just a black hole in the heavens and one person on earth left. This is a good one. Cool. Nailed it. Look, you've been charged with starting your own business associated with demolition, man. How are you going to turn that coin into some cap? I would just do a, I mean, Stallone, by the way, looks amazing in this movie. Can I get a witness? Mm -hmm. Beautiful body, uh, shiny body, right? Like they, they focus a lot, like you said on his body at the beginning, but he's very shiny and like just pristine presentation. I imagine a lot of lotion, went into into his skincare routine. So I would produce a um, a lotion associated with this movie called Demolotion Man or Demolotion for Men. Nice. 
you know, yeah. um, you know, then that we pride ourselves on. This is the, this is the lotion that Stallone used on his um, beautiful bod and demolition man demolition for men. What do you think? I love it. Yeah. On a similar note. Now that frozen Stallone, mm-hmm. uh, perfect shape for my product. Okay. Because I have made a partnership with the national hockey association and every puck in the biz has a, is a, is a perfect replica down to scale of a puck of that. Right. So they're shooting a naked Stallone around the rink. <laughs> And it is adorable to see that naked ass swinging through the, uh, through the, through the ice. And it changes the mm-hmm. game. I mean, honestly, it changes the game. People are, are more enraptured in hockey. They're watching it more intently. If you, if they, if you send one into the crowd, you all of a sudden you get the best souvenir of all time. Naked Stallone's. Yeah, right. I mean, like it's, it's, it's perfect. And, it, and you automatically win like the team that I make, like if, it, if the crack, they crack the puck open and Stallone falls out, the little figurine from the, from the encasement, you automatically win. That's your team wins, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're that good, yeah. It's weird to have a publicly televised sport where there's a guy's ass and dick moving around quickly, but that's, that's, that's the future's problem. I think it's a great business. Sure. So look, you're in the movie. You're a character. Thank you're God. a character yeah. in demolition. The shape is your performance sure. take. I'm in court, man. My character, I'm in court and I'm arguing like you, have, you ever get like a ticket um, or like an expired tag and you got to go see the, I've certainly had that's happened to me where you have to go in and to court mm-hmm. and talk to the judge and stand for the judge. Well, I'd be there for for swearing and I would I would be trying to get out of my ticket for saying the word um, ass fuck or something, <laughs> you know, something horrible, you know, something that was just said in the heat of the moment. And I'd be I'd be like, I didn't say it. It was you misheard me. You know, I didn't say I said ship, you know, <laughs> instead of ass fuck. <laughs> I changed fuck. it because I can't rhyme. I couldn't. What, what could it be? I said, I said, fast duck. I didn't say ass fuck. You know, so I'd be, that'd be staged in my case. I'd be, and then they'd be like, well, you said like a string of one, like a hundred curse words in a row. And I would, I was like, oh, I got them all. I had them all listed out. My alternatives. This is what I really said. Your computers are off. Right. And then I, they'd execute me. <laughs> Do they execute people for cussing in this world? I don't, what was their severe pun? I know they got fines, but if you can't pay no idea. or if you repeat offender, is there, is there some is an electric chair time? I, I would just be yeah, arguing against the tickets, hoping that you know, like what what happens if the cop cop doesn't show up? Sometimes you get out of it, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. So hoping Benjamin Brad doesn't show up. Kind of hoping he does though. Yeah, you know? that'd yeah. suck if your name was like John Shits. <laughs> it's my last name. Yeah. yeah. So I'm Casey Cuss, the car custard custodian. And I go around cleaning out all the cannoli from the cars after they wreck. So whenever there's a, a disturbance, Casey Cuss's yeah. beeper goes off. And he goes <laughs> and he scrapes all the cannoli out and has to help refurb, you know. I know what that yeah, means. That's for damn sure. He also, you know, because he realized that the only way to be successful in this world is to be in charge of the process to soup to nuts, seed to seed to shell, you know. So he sure. becomes a custard manufacturer too. So he is the guy injecting the custard into the cars. You know, so he is he's got it on both ends. He's getting paid at the front, he's getting paid at the end, he's getting paid a astronomical fee to come on site and and and, and refurb the cars. So he is like the oh, wow. yeah, he is like the, the, the circle of life when it comes to Filling your car with uh, the cream. He's a billionaire. Yeah, absolutely wet. What's his name again? Casey Cuss, car custard custodian. Wow, Casey Cuss. You might be hauled in for just by, they assume just by his last name that he's causing trouble. Well, it's with K's. K-U-S-S? It's K-C, but this, this the, it's K-K, but it's pronounced K-C. Mm-hmm. Cuss with a K. 
confused. <laughs> My brain hurts. Um, <laughs> look, uh, you've been forced by America to have a, uh, a ritual or some sort of a discipline that you add to your life to that is tied to demolition, man. So, how, what are you going to incorporate into your you know, into your life that kind of is a piece of this? You know, I never. I, I, I might start just as a tribute a little bit to Simon Phoenix. I might, I, and this is something I, you know, I'm thinking about. I've been weighing this is maybe I'll, maybe I'll wear overalls as a tribute. You know, overalls seems like a thing to, did you freeze or are you just stunned? No, I saw a light outside the, right outside this window. It looked like the, the eyes from Amityville horror for a second. I did say, I did say I would be maybe purchasing some overalls and that's my, that'd be my main, my main, you know, well, I work from home now. I could show up to, what can they do if you were, if you're wearing overalls mm-hmm. on a Zoom call, I don't think anyone would bring it up. They'd just be confused, but I I feel like I could get away with it. By the way, every call we have is a Zoom call. Oh, that's true. You and me. But I'm just talking about for yeah, work. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I might just do that. As a tribute to this movie, I might slide into some comfortable overalls for no reason. I mean, a lot of people wear overalls because they're working in the yard. They do, they're you know, working on a farm. They do, they need things with lots of pockets and protection. And I would just, that's a style choice for me. Every time I see somebody in overalls at Target, I, I, I call them a goofball. Out loud? Out loud to myself. I do that a lot, actually. I call somebody, I call people goofballs without... That's harmless. Without, goofballs that's almost a loving that's term. That's my term. I use that all the time when I see somebody that I, that I don't understand. Goofball. And you let you don't mind it though, like it's like it's like it's kind of harmless. It sounds like it's not. Is it said with anger? It's said with a, a little bit of a little bit. Said with there's curiosity. A, there's a little stink on it, but it's it's harmless. You're right. It's not it's yeah. not a hateful thing. It's just like what? Look at this character. What the what? He, he looked in the mirror on his way out today. You know. Maybe I'd have a some overalls that would have different pictures of ironed on of of uh, Simon Phoenix in overalls, like all, of, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A patchwork of him in overalls and uh, over my overalls. What about a, what that, about a picture of Park overall? She could be in it. Okay. Is that her name? Is that a real Park overalls, a real okay. actress, I believe. Yeah. The great name. Right. So what I do is I, I I'm going to pick up an Oculus riff and every time I put it on, I'm going to have a, a, a screaming orgasm to, you know, Slyer, Slyer Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> you can get porn on those, I, I think. Are you kidding? I think you can. I think that's why people, some people get them. Yeah, I have an Oculus Rift. I don't. I, it's gonna sound like I'm saying it because I've done that, but I have not. But yeah, I think that's a that's a thing that people use it for for sure. Gross. I don't know if it's great, but I imagine that's a key to its popularity. You got to get porn on something to make it. Popular. I, I think that's sort of a good thing, though. Like it, it's almost a medium isn't worth its salt if porn doesn't. It, it you know. Top two, you like a, a video format. If the porn doesn't catch it, yeah, I don't. I don't know how hard and fast that rule That's is. That's why UMD man. Media failed. It's the only reason. Is it? Yeah. Um, nobody can see. Watch June's Pirates on it. June's Pirates. Is that a real porn? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. June's Pirates. Is it the month or is there a, an actress named? June? No, no. It's like J O O N E. It's like it's. It, I remember back in like I guess it was like the early two thousands or late nineties. It was the mainstream thing. I remember I, in like a period of a few months. I it was. It had snuck its way into. Is right when Pirates of the Caribbean came out. Oh, pirate! No, pirate! Pirates was a porno with um, Jamie Jameson. But that was the name of the director. And but they made. I think they made that. Um, they actually made a mainstream version of it, like you know, without all the crazy sex. And I think they actually try to make it into like. Um, I don't know. Like what? Are, what do they call that? A softcore. Whatever. Version. Whatever they did or did not yeah. do, mm-hmm. it did not make it to UMD Media. 
That's that's the takeaway <laughs> from this. Never seen pirates. I just that's kind of a famous. I should see it. We, we should zoom in. <laughs> June's pirates. Yeah. What's June? What is June? It's a person's name. Is it the director? Yeah. Name above the title. He's, he's the porn author named. His name is June. Yeah. Okay. Wonder if he's. Wonder if he, how was his COVID? <laughs> I imagine it's a him. I imagine it's a dude. Yeah. I, I, I sort of wish that he was able to parlay that notoriety into a secondary career. Like Sasha Gray is a big Twitch performer now, I believe. She's she's a, street, a gamer. Which is, Does she not do porno anymore? No, no way. She's too good for it. She's she was in a couple mainstream movies, right? Like that were kind of good. Like I know she was in the Girlfriend Experience, the Girlfriend Experience, but she was also in something with Elijah Wood that's supposed to be pretty good. I, don't, I can't remember. Yeah, he's not. She's not Maniac though, right? The remake. I don't know if she's in that. Look, you're on an island. You've been there for all these mm-hmm. many years, gathering debris from various films, and now it's time to take something from Demolition Man. She got so at the end he freezes. Mr. Simon Phoenix, uh, and he's he's perfectly mm-hmm. encapsulated in a frozen form, and then unfortunately he destroys it, and the head goes flying and shatters. It's a sad, sad scene into, for me. It, I, know. To, I don't like it. To a bunch of pieces, and then of course the whole the place goes up. But let's not let's not worry about that. So I've got those head shards, those frozen head shards. Man, Leto be thrilled. There's shards on the menu. Hell yeah! I sent you a picture of a shard today. You did. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So I've got those head shards, and you know, normally I sit there like a little alien kid from you know district nine i sit cross-legged and i try to piece it back together like some crazy tetris you know try to build rebuild wesley head you know for all those little shards those little crystalline Mm -hmm. pieces but no i I discovered the super truth is they're frozen wesley shards i mean let's face it right perfect in a cocktail Mm. you know so i will whip up what you would call a um maybe like a gin fizz or a whiskey sour sure and just use some head shards to keep it chilled and to add some some zest and flavor stir the head shards around and just sip you know sit on my island paradise sipping sipping a head shard infused drink a little wesley a little wesley in every straw full do i have 911 i can call on your island is that possible for my island do i have can i call the cops <laughs> it's getting worse every movie it is not you're sipping head shards you're sipping a drink infused with as a head shards so again it right yeah, and, the, and the angry inch uh, I would take the love the love boat theme, which comes up, which Sandra Bullock plays right before they don't have sex. Mm-hmm. I'd take the love boat theme, and I'd be happy to take it because that's a wonderful theme. You know, like it's it is like it's like pleasing to hear. Mm-hmm. But I bet if you took it and it played constantly after a, maybe a day, I'd be sitting on my island going, "I did, I did do it to myself." You know, what I'm saying I did take this. Right. And it's day one. I'm sick of it. It's on a loop. I am tired of it. And I can't imagine that it's going to come back to I love it. Yeah, you're like, I, I you wish know? you were an actual earworm so it can burrow through my head and, and check off me. And kill yeah, me. Exactly. yeah, yeah. So that that is a that is a distinct possibility that I would get sick of it after a few playthroughs. But I'm taking that theme song. It, it, do you, it is a wonderful thing to hear every once in a while. It takes me back. Mm-hmm. I like that show. Yeah. You enjoyed it? Of course. Who is your favorite? Please tell me the doctor. I'm. I, I, out of the staple crew, not the guest stars. I mean, I like Gopher. I didn't love the Doctor. He was, he was okay. He's kind of stuck up. I liked Isaac, the bartender. Captain Steubing wasn't bad. My favorite was the Doctor. He was your favorite? Bernie something or other. Yeah, big fan. He just looked likable. Yeah. He looked likable. The crew had kind of a Star Trek vibe to it. It felt like kind of a Star Trek on the sea in a way. They had the kind of same personalities as a Star Trek. Steubing is Kirk. You got Bones as the Doctor. You know what I'm saying? Like the Doctor was a little cranky. Mm-hmm. 
Am I, am I, is this right? Is this something that people have made that connection for? It, it, it was the 70s. Everybody was unshaved, so that everybody had the tribbles, you know? Oh, sure. And Julie, yeah. was the, what was the... Name was Julie, yeah. Man, I can't remember, I remember that. That's pretty good. And then mm-hmm. who else? And they'd have amazing guest stars yeah, on there, too. Yeah. I remember once they had... I wonder, if, I wonder if Stallone was ever on it. The Love Boat. It would be amazing if Stallone was on there. Yeah. Did they ever have, like, Herbie or, the, or, or Benji or anybody like that on there? Herbie like the love bug on this yeah. on there on the <laughs> on the love yeah. boat was Herbie on love, there? That's a the good love boat question. and the love bug together. Yeah, the love bug on the love boat. Sure, and you know what, Nick? He was on the love boat. Yes, he was. Yeah. He was on an episode with, the, with uh, Conway Twitty and jo- John Ritter. Yeah. It was that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was on the Buzz Aldrin and uh, you know Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan. He was. He was too. <laughs> They've That's tried a, to bring that back in a meaningful way, but they've never brought it back I in the they, same way. They've tried it. They tried to do a spin on it, but they've never done it exactly the same. They did bring back Fantasy Island. I know that is a thing that is actually renewed and playing. It's going to enter its season two. Yeah, anyway. I, I remember when I was at my peak uh, of having meetings in Hollywood. I pitched the Love Hindenburg, and it didn't go over. I was like, "What a perfect weekly show!" You know? Sure. Yeah. Oh, a weekly show. So it crashes the end of every episode? Every episode, they go out. They go out, and a few of them fall out and, and suck on the tarmac. They go for it, huh? Well, hey, now that's a streaming bonanza out there, they might have some renewed oh, you don't need to. The, you don't need to tell me twice network. to go start streaming bonanza. I think that's on Tubi as well. <laughs> so so you're, taking, you're taking the Love Boat music to your island. The theme song, yeah. The Love Boat... I don't remember the shiny and new. That's, you remember that? Yeah. It's like, I can't remember. Soon the we'll be lyrics. making another run. I remember that. That was mm-hmm. my favorite part of this. Time. Come on board. We're ex- we'll be expecting the yeah. sun. Something close. Yeah. yeah. The love boat promises yeah. something for everyone. Uh, a tragic mm-hmm. fire on the tarmac. That's, that's for mine. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who wrote the lead. The one who wrote a love boat theme song, you know, Alan Thicke was a it, big, it, theme song right i mean right? Bert Bacharach was great at it barry manilow was a big noodles guy little jingles noodles. i call them noodles but they're called jingles charles fox who know him charles fox still kicking still there around no way yeah 81 years okay. young charles fox i've taken uh, wesley snipes head shards and you're taking the love boat song mm-hmm. uh okay I, I got a question is there 911 on your island that i can call <laughs> <laughs> Stupid plan is killing me. 
message I screwed up, I left it go before I blow We're leaking fuel Let me go before I blow We're leaking fuel 